invite all of our children and our younger viewers to move a little closer to the screen for a few moments as we talk. You know, this season of Christmastide, and it is still Christmastide, I don't know if you know that, but Christmas goes on for 12 days after the first day of Christmas on the 25th, and so we're still in the middle of the Christmas season, and this is a gift-giving season. And let me tell you something, at my house, it's even more of a gift-giving season because I have two daughters that some of you may know, and my daughters, they both have birthdays around this time of year. One of their birthdays is on December 20th, one is on December 30th, so we just have presents and presents for weeks and weeks. In fact, my daughter was still celebrating her birthday last night. And so, there are presents all over our house, and it's so fun to get presents. I bet you've gotten some really cool presents at Christmas time as well. Well, one of the neat things about the story that we heard today of the three wise persons, or really in the Bible, it doesn't say there were just three, but we get that number because there were three gifts that these wise persons bring to Jesus. These wise persons who were watching the sky and noticed a star that led them to something special. And they went and they talked to King Herod and they said, we are going to go see this child who is to be born a king. And the king was not happy about that because the king didn't want there to be any other kings. And so he actually asked these three wise persons to come back and tell him where this child was. So the three wise persons went on their way, or more wise persons, but they brought three gifts they brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh. But you know what I think the most special gift they gave Jesus was? We don't think about it as the most special gift, but the gift that they gave the baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph in that time was that they protected them. Instead of going back to King Herod and telling King Herod where the baby Jesus was because they knew King Herod wasn't going to be very happy with this new child that had been born that was being, going to be called a king. They went a different route, and they did not report back to Herod. And that allowed Jesus and his family to escape the, the evil plans of the king. Now, as I thought about that this week, I thought that is the most special gift that the wise persons gave. However many wise persons they were, they were smart enough to look out for this vulnerable baby Jesus and this family that was just beginning to figure out the wonderful things that were going to happen in their lives and in the lives of Jesus. I think that's something you can think about today, that one of the greatest gifts you can give in your life with your friends and the people you know at school and wherever you are, is to look out for those people that might be vulnerable, that might need some help. One of the greatest gifts you could ever give is to look out for others. And that's exactly what the wise persons did for Jesus and the Holy Family. Would you pray for me and with me? Gracious God, we give thanks for this wonderful time of celebration and of joy. You offer us the great gift of your Son, Jesus Christ. 
And that great gift was honored in the actions of the wise persons who looked out for Jesus and the Holy Family safety. Lord, help us all, and especially our children and young persons gathered here today, remember that to look out for others and to take care of those who might be vulnerable or might need some help is one of the most special gifts that we can give. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. All right, now I'm going to turn things over to my good friend Carlos, and he's going to bring the word for us. It is an honor to be here today to be able to bring the word to you, and I am so thankful for the friendship that we have in our connection in the United Methodist Church and for the honor that this congregation is giving me to preach this morning for all the staff and the pastoral uh, staff. We, I'm thankful for that. Thank you. I want to tell you that the scripture that we read today is very special to me. Like many countries in Latin America, I grew up in a place where epiphany is a big deal. Every year, families gather together to break and to partake what we call king's cake and to enjoy each other's families. It is even more special for children. As on the 9th of January the 5th, children go to bed with the expectation that in the morning when they wake up, they will find an array of gifts or toys brought by them, not other, but the, by the my guy. Just as Santa Claus, the wise person from the East, have a special power to get children to go to bed early, the eve of Epiphany, and to wake up as early as five in the morning to be amazed by gifts. You know, I've come to learn over the years that Epiphany is more than that. It is so powerful. It is the powerful story that reveals God's plan to reestablish a relationship, not just with a few, but with the whole creation. Epiphany is the manifestation of a Savior to the Gentiles, so that you and I can have the same gift, the gift of a child. Epiphany is the clear example of our doctrine, of a United Methodist doctrine of prevenient grace that begins to work in the life of a person before they even meet Jesus. However, for this grace to take hold on our lives, it requires something, and that is a response and action. We know the Magi were astronomers, but even for them, after the sudden revelation in the sky, they had to gain enough interest. Enough interest to take a giant leap of faith, to travel miles and miles to worship a king that was not theirs. Hebrews 11.1 1 illustrates faith as the assurance of things hoped for and the convictions of things not seen. We have heard this story many times, but every year I arrive to the same question what kind of power can motivate people, complete strangers, to walk miles and miles into the unknown? And what were these wise persons' hope 
We cannot know for sure, but I believe that what the scripture teaches today is that we have to live a life like the Magi to make our priority that we become aware of our surroundings and make ourselves available to God's revelation. A few years back, I was teaching at the, a Bible study for the First Hispanic Methodist Church. And while we were reading, this, this Adv, it was during Advent season, the angels, I'm sorry, I completely forgot to remove my mask. Yes. <laughs> but when I was teaching that, that Bible study of Advent, I made the comment that the word angel simply translate as messengers. And that comment is that just as messengers, angels equals or translate as messengers. So that comment erupted in a laughter by someone in the back. That person with a very sarcastic laughing undertone said, there's no way I can grow wings or for sure I know that I cannot keep a white dress clean for more than 30 minutes. So no, I, I am not even close to be an angel. And after a few back and forth, I realized that be underneath that sarcastic laughter, there was that feeling that she did not feel worthy of being a messenger of God, a messenger of the good news. And so today I wonder how many people feel that way. You know, it's easier to leave it to perhaps those who have experience, to whether those who have that gift of an evangelistic uh, um, uh, um, gift of the Spirit. Because sometimes maybe we don't know how to engage into conversations. Sometimes we don't know if we are saying the right things. You know, of course, I understood that when I brought, uh, doing this, this Bible study, that becoming or being an angel, I knew that it was a tall order. It's something so high for us to achieve. But what I wanted to do is I wanted to challenge them. I wanted, I wanted to challenge them to become messengers of hope. So I, too, I told the, 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 the study, the people that were in attendance, that if they could, make themselves available to see what God can do through them. So how others can get to see God's light through them. You know, that seems so vague to ask them, but it requires an effort. You know, to get up in the morning and from the very beginning just pray to God to say, God, reveal yourself so that I can be an instrument of your grace. You know that is risky, especially when we know there's so much unknown. But that is faith. That is faith. So the next Sunday, I saw that woman who erupted in laughter during that Bible study. She came to worship, sat in her usual place, center of the sanctuary, middle row. And I remember that on that day, she looked a little anxious. And I noticed that she was constantly looking to the back, just waiting to see, uh, looking towards the door. Every time that there was a sound or a noise in the sanctuary, she would turn around. 
And just before I was beginning to preach my sermon, a, a stranger, a visitor, came through the back door, saw her, and sat next to her. I wish you could see, or I wish I could uh, just illustrate her face. It was that smile of disbelief, but also she was, in ama- she was in amazement. She was in awe of what had happened. After the sermon, I made an invitation if anybody needed to pray. And so this man came and kneeled at the altar, and he was in tears, and he said something like, today has been a good day. I need to know more about God. I need to feel more of God's presence in my life. And so after worship, I had an opportunity to connect with him, to talk a little bit about his life, and he shared an incredible story. He told me that a few months before that encounter, he had fallen deeply into alcoholism, and that that resulted in a terrible incident of domestic violence. He was telling me that he knew by now that he, the God uh, understood that he needed to be locked up for a while. Someone shared the word to him while he was in jail, and he did not want it to accept it. At one point, he had the opportunity to leave early. And he said, I, in my head, I was still so angry. I wanted to get out of this place, and I, wanted to, I was seeking, in a way, revenge. For those who thought had transgressed against me. And just before I was supposed to be released, he said, the judge changed his mind. And he spent a few more months in jail. He said, I needed those extra months there. Because it was in that moment that I realized that something needed to change within me. I didn't like what I see. I didn't like what, the way I was going to react as soon as I was going to leave this place. And so he became as receptive. And he made the commitment to make himself available to what God was trying to do in his life. But, you know, he wanted to change his life, but having the hope to change is not the same as actually hoping and acting on changing. So he had the opportunity to be released. And once he was out, the body became, uh, the body started to, to ask for that vice that kept him in, in so much darkness. And so he got up one morning, went to the usual convenience store, grabbed a couple items for him to eat for breakfast and his usual six-pack at 6 a.m. in the morning. But as he came into that convenience store that morning, he realized that something was different. You know, something was revealing inside of him an insight, a self-reflection, however you want to label it, let's call it an act of God that was speaking to him. So he tells me how he spent minutes going back and forth through the aisles of this convenience store, which he knew by memory. At some point he remembers that he even had the six-pack already in his hand, and then he realized that at some point he returned it to the fridge. 
And so for the store clerk, that seems very suspicious. Even though he was a usual customer, he had not, uh, the, the, the clerk had not seen her in the, him in a long time. But at some point, he came back to the front desk and saw the clerk, and he was shaking. And this man had a question that said, do you believe in God? He was asking the clerk, do you believe in God? And the clerk was taken back by this question, especially coming from this customer that, that, that the clerk knew. The clerk replied, yes, I do. And then he came a second question where this man asked, do you go to church? And she replied, yes. And it was then when the clerk remembered the conversation that she had had at church at a Bible study to make herself available to God's revelation. It was in that moment when she realized that she didn't need to have wings or wear white to become a messenger of hope. It was then that she took a leap of faith and invited a stranger to come to worship. The man's epiphany became clear after that internal battle from within amplified when the body began to ask for a fix but the mind wanted to change, and then he had to make a decision. The man's epiphany became more evident when he entered the store and he heard a music playing this woman singing a song of worship that shook his core. And for the other side, I see this woman's epiphany became evident when she was confronted to, by God to act upon this revelation, epiphany became real when that woman realized that she was worthy of being a messenger of hope. It was then when these two strangers, complete strangers, were sitting next to each other worshiping God together. The epiphany, the gift of a Savior, for the broken world, how incredible it is that we get to be part of it. My brothers and sisters, we can hope for a better year. Or we can hope and do everything we can to make it a great year. Not just for you, but for others so that others may see the light of God. I know that we are tired to hear how hard 2020 was, but I know, and I know that some of you are hurting, and some of you are tired. But the reality is that today, today more than ever, humanity needs an epiphany. That humanity needs the church. The church needs you. Just like the Magi. Make the effort to be aware of your surroundings and make yourself available for God's revelation. And 
Take the giant leap of faith. Because be sure that even in the unknown, God is with us. God is with us. Praise be to God. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.